Good evening. Thank you for joining us for the evening message tonight. I have the privilege of introducing the theme for this week. It's a topic that's very relevant in how we interpret the Bible and how we apply it to our lives. Our theme this week is descriptive versus prescriptive Bible passages. And I was not familiar with this terminology, but after some study, I can see how this topic is an important one. So let's begin with prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for loving us. I thank you for each one listening tonight. Bless them, Jesus. Anoint your word and anoint our understanding this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, Paul is instructing Timothy to become an approved worker. It says, work hard so that you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. In the King James Version, it says, rightly dividing the word of truth. So in this light, let's consider the words descriptive and prescriptive as they relate to Bible passages. Descriptive tells about a thing or event. It tells what happened. It describes. For prescriptive, consider a prescription from your doctor. The doctor is giving you a course of action to follow. Prescriptive passages tell what should happen, what we are to do. So here's an extreme example just to illustrate. This passage is describing Judas's actions. Matthew 27, five says, and he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. This passage described what Judas did, but did it prescribe what everyone else should do when they sin? Absolutely not. This is, was a descriptive passage. Now let's look at what Jesus says in Luke 24, verse 47. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. This is God's remedy for sin. Here Luke says that all who repent or turn away from their sin will be forgiven. This is prescriptive and indicates the proper path to take. So this week we're going to consider how biblical passages can be descriptive, describing what happened, and or prescriptive, telling us what we should do. As we strive to draw closer to Jesus, one major element in our lives is personal Bible reading and study. So the purpose of the concept that we're presenting this week on descriptive versus prescriptive is to help us apply what we have read appropriately. 
Let's turn to the familiar story of Gideon and the fleece. We're going to consider if this story is just descriptive, describing what happened, or if it also is prescriptive, telling us that we should follow this example. The gist of the story is that Israel has gotten in a fix again because they've been disobedient. So I'm reading from Judges chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. These enemy hordes, coming with their livestock and herds, were as thick as locusts. They arrived on droves of camels, too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Israelites are starving because of the marauders coming and taking all their livestock and crops. So what they usually do, they cry out to the Lord for help. So God sends a prophet to the Israelites in Judges 6, continuing in verse 7. When they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. He said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who, are, who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. I told you, I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the God of the Amorites in whose land you now live, but you have not listened to me. So then the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon and I'm continuing at verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath a great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide his grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Now, Notice that Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press. That's not how it's supposed to be done. He should be out on the threshing floor, but he's hiding. He's hungry and he doesn't want the Midianites to take his grain. But the Lord still considers him a mighty hero. So then in verse 13, Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. So for a second time, God assures Gideon 
that he will be successful. Then Gideon questions the Lord concerning all the terrible things happening, and the Lord keeps reassuring Gideon that he will prevail. In verse 15, But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I'm the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, and okay, this is the third time he's telling him, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. But this is not enough for Gideon. So in verse 17, Gideon replied, if you're truly going to help me, show me a sign. Prove that it is really the Lord speaking to me. God's already told Gideon three times that he's going to be successful in destroying the Midianites. But Gideon doesn't want to want to accept that. Gideon asks for a sign. So continuing, uh, continuing in verse 33, soon afterward, the armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east formed an alliance against Israel and crossed the Jordan, camping in the valley of Jezreel. Then the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. He blew a ram's horn as a call to arms, and the men of the clan of Abiezer came to him. He also sent messengers throughout Manasseh, Asher, Zebulon, and Naphtali, summoning their warriors, and all of them responded. Then Gideon said to God, If you're truly going to use me to rescue Israel as you promised, prove it to me this way. So he's really being picky. I will put a wool fleece, and I know you've all heard this story before, I will put a wool fleece on the threshing floor tonight. If the fleece is wet with dew in the morning, but the ground is dry, then I will know that you're going to help me rescue Israel as you promised. And that is just what happened. When Gideon got up in the morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung out a whole bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, please don't be angry with me, but let me make one more request. So he's really demanding of God here. Let me use the fleece for one more test. This time, let the fleece remain dry while the ground around it is wet with dew. And so that night, God did as Gideon asked, and the fleece was dry in the morning, but the ground was covered with dew. So now let's consider this story of Gideon and the fleece in the descriptive versus prescriptive context. This passage describes what happened, but it does not prescribe that we are to put out a fleece each time we make a decision. In Matthew 12, verses 38 through 40, Jesus rebukes the people who ask for a sign. One day, some teachers of religious law and Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Teacher, we want you to show us a miraculous sign to prove your authenticity or your authority. But Jesus replied, Only an evil, adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign, but the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth 
for three days and three nights. These accounts of Gideon and then the Pharisees give us something to meditate on, to consider how they relate. Both are seeking a sign. It's not difficult to see how this type of fleecing or seeking a sign can go wrong. Many of us know someone who's put out a fleece to help them make a decision. For example, one could say, hmm, if the next vehicle to come around the corner is a car, then I'll do X. But if it's a motorcycle, I'm gonna do Y. Since the likelihood of a car rather than a motorcycle is so much greater, does this really tell you anything? They probably wanted to do X anyway. In 1 Corinthians 4.20, Paul tells us to look at this in another way. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. When the spirit of God dwells in us, we receive power and that spirit will guide us. Romans 8, 12 tells us, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do, to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. And John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. So as we read scripture, it's important to be intentional in looking for the purpose of that passage. In Gideon's story, the purpose is not to tell us to put out a fleece, when we make a decision. It describes what Gideon did, but it does not tell us to go do the same. So allow God's spirit to enlighten the meaning and the context. The Bible contains many descriptive accounts of events. It also contains many prescriptive concepts that tell us what we are to do. It's important that we be become skilled at recognizing the difference. I challenge you this week, as you read your Bible, allow God to show you if the passage, passage is just descriptive or is it also prescriptive? Is it just telling about events and describing them? Or is it also instructing what we should do? Let's close in prayer. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much for your word, for leading and guiding us into all truth. Lord, we ask you to anoint our minds, Lord. Be with us. Let us feel your presence. And as we read, guide us into the correct interpretation, Lord. And I ask you to go with each one of us. Keep us safe, Lord, in this difficult time and bring us back together. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm looking forward to the messages this next week. 
and they'll be concerning the descriptive versus prescriptive Bible passages. Please join us. Good night.